Rise woke up that day and was not expecting a ruination while Zillion is, you know, on a cosmic surfboard just <laughs> off on the side going, ooh, that looks bad, and then surfs away. <laughs> Rise had to live through it. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode one, two, three. I'm your host, Ryan. Here's your host, Hedge. My God, it's in a perfect order. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because I told Hedge when I was writing, you know, our notes of this episode and I put the episode name down, I was confused. I thought I went on autopilot because, you know, it was one, two, three, sequential. Uh, But no, we've just recorded that many episodes. We we made it this far. Like we've legitimately made it to this point. It was an autopilot. You did it. Yeah. And and we've done 123 housekeeping. <laughs> Up top. You can listen to us everywhere. Emails at podcastcore at gmail.com. Remember, that's C-O-R. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info and follow us on all the platforms. We appreciate it. Uh, leave a like for a uh, comment, anything to get in touch. We want to hear from you. Uh, But the easiest way is word of mouth. So tell a friend to avoid becoming death, destroyer of worlds, by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. I almost forgot what the podcast name was. My God, why are you like this? And that was such a good line, too. And you I know. I loved it. (laughs) But that's right, everyone. We are just preventing doomsday with this show and by you listening to it. So each of your friends who does not listen to this wants the world to end. And... And just you do best to remember that. (laughs) You do best to remember that. You know your place. Just remember that. Uh, We're talking about Rise, finally. Um, we've talked about him or referenced him in the past. It's one of those champs slash characters that exist for a long period of time. So when you reference him matters, what he's been through, how did he get to this point? Um, for anybody who listened to our book episodes, uh, there's not many of them, but uh, I have mentioned that he does make an appearance at some point, uh, probably a bit of spoilers uh, because of the time frame. But – and this one, there's a reason we call this episode Oppenheimer. Uh, not only because of yeah. the time frame in which it is coming out, but it's very relatable to the story. Oh, we're, we're going to get into it. And this is definitely one that we've both been excited about for a good bit because Rise, not only just being an OG character, he's had a lot of different changes, both in lore mm-hmm. and gameplay throughout the years. But it, his lore has always been at the focal point of some of the most dramatic changes in Runeterra's history. Uh, So this is, we can't get into the nitty gritty of how Runeterra got to the place that it's at now without ever mentioning Rise. So yeah, I mean, if you want to know what happened before I came to you, (laughs) you kind of need to know what Rise was up to. Uh, So let's get into it. Start with the spell. All right, so uh, this is going to be a little different um, because, it, well, after the spell, you'll get to see. So for the spell today, we're going to talk about Delve into the Past. So this is a two-mana burst spell that is 
it's kind of weird because it is a card that you can run, but it is unique to Rise, which is kind of fun. Uh, but it is a two-mana burst spell that is choose one of two world runes you don't have in play or in hand and create it in hand. If you can't, draw one card. So the this is a very useful spell to have if you are playing a Rise. Like, this is a, a spell that you're going to want playing Rise because this is building you towards your win condition or if you're already at the point where you don't need the different uh world runes then it is a cantrip a two mana cantrip at that which as far as in card games two mana cantrips are always a good thing but that's not why we're talking about the spell we're talking here for flavor and this one's got a lot on it uh and so as far as the flavor text it's before him the world teetered on the brink of apocalypse rise had the power to save runeterra but as he watched the carnage unfolding ahead of him a single question lingered in in his mind should he he resolved to create mindscapes of Runeterra's pivotal moments and let his understanding of the land's history decide its future. Um, so yeah, Rise, Rise has the power to kind of save the world, and Rise is at a point where he's like, "Well, should I bother?" <laughs> and that's that's a that's a rough spot to be. It's like the complete opposite of Zillion, where Zillion's like, "I'm gonna put this on pause and then come back." <laughs> Yeah, he's Rise has been through a lot. We'll talk about it. Um, whereas Zillion is interesting because at the point where Zillion gets trapped in time, he's already an older guy, right? Like he's lived his life, stumbles across an epiphany, and then gets stuck in it. Whereas Rise, from a very young age of being a prodigy, has just constantly not only been a part of things that are catastrophic, but has watched other things happen. After that point, we will we'll even have a reference to, you know, Varys uh, and some of his insights uh, in this yeah. episode as well. And I'm glad that you brought up like a reference because uh, when one of the reasons that this episode is going to be a little bit different is we don't have a follower to talk about. Um, and if you have been uh, playing Runeterra, uh, that's going to make a lot of sense to you because as far as in the the card game of runeterra uh rise is a card that does not want other followers or champions like he he's riding solo so it makes sense but we are going to talk about one of the world runes so instead of a follower we're going to a landmark um i'm not going to go through all five of them because then we'll be here forever yeah we'll probably uh, but... end up doing that in a subsequent episode kind of similar if you guys listen to our curse of the uh or the blood cursed harpy episode that we did we'll probably do something that kind of style for the shards yeah uh but the one that we are going to cover is the shard of hope and that one is when i'm played if i'm unique activate all of your other world rooms and when i'm played or activated heal allied rises and your nexus too um which this is a really good effect to have as far as with the rise game plan because the the healing is very needed you want rise to be alive for your win condition and you also don't want to die so like this this is one of the depending on your matchup this is going to be one of the runes that you try to get first but the reason we're talking about it is again we're referencing the fact that rise has seen a lot of crap uh, like a lot of crap so the flavor text on this one love 
a fog that blinds the wise to reason and that rids the patient of patience rise watched on as the king lowered his beloved beneath the waters and closed his eyes as the screaming began rise felt the cold grip of undeath spread through the room then beyond all for love uh so yeah a king that is laying their beloved to rest and then a wave of undeath who could that be <laughs> you're not telling me that this is taking place in the blessed isles before it became known as the shadow isles <laughs> yeah so you know we, we make a lot of our jokes here as far as the ruinations we yeah. love that right here's you know direct evidence of rise being at the site of ruination one <laughs> yeah it turns out he has kind of watched a couple of things happen. And once again, Zillion has the pleasure of doing so interdimensionally. Rise is still in Runeterra. <laughs> this is, this was, Rise woke up that day and was not expecting a ruination while Zillion is, you know, on a cosmic surfboard, just <laughs> off on the side going, ooh, that looks bad, and then surfs away. <laughs> Rice had to live through it. <laughs> so let's get into it. We're done kind of lubing you guys up. It's time to give you the shaft. <laughs> oh, oh, it's good to be back. <laughs> so Rise, who is he? So our story starts here with his bio. Is Rise is a young arcane mage apprentice with a ton of of skill. He's essentially a prodigy and he's studying, uh, he's studying under Tyrus of Helia. And Tyrus is a master and also a member of an ancient order. And what they do is they gather and protect dangerous artifacts across Runeterra. So one day, Rise overhears the master speaking about these world runes uh, and wants to keep that under wraps. So Tyrus is kind of, you know, keeping it hush hush. Uh, but the knowledge of these runes are beginning to spread. And this is becoming a problem that the masters are trying to address. All right. And the, one of the reasons that they are trying to keep this under wraps is because we do have to kind of, you know, give you an idea of what the world runes are. Uh, so they are a physical embodiment of magic. And as far as what the greatest mages of this time believe is that they are the source of all magic. So if you have the ability to tap into magic and you are able to get your hands on the source, then you could, you know, basically, you know, do like Thanos with the infinity stones kind of crap. So yeah, it makes sense that they would want to keep it under wraps. Yeah. There's, we've made reference to a ton of different fantasy and this is one of those forms of magic uh, you see is where you are one with creation, regardless of what the source of that creation is. That's what a mage is. Uh, some stories do take that route and do some cool things with it. Um, in this one, oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, no! I was just nodding. You were because you were absolutely correct in that. And um, as far as with this one, this is going to kind of follow like some similar themes uh, with those other stories, but it's going to take a you know a bit of their own twists too, which is why we love talking about these stories. Yeah. So with this, um, the two. The Apprentice, Rise, and Tyrus decide, okay, we're going to travel and try to get ahead of the information, right? We're going to temper the paranoia 
and try to encourage these leaders and these villages and these people who are stumbling across these runes or the information about them to restrain themselves and plan not to use their power uh, because of the danger they know it could rot. And this plan starts to falter, and Rise could see this desperation in his master grow, and this kind of made him also anxious and want to take action. And this climaxes in the Noxai territories. Now, this is before the Noxus we know. Um, go listen to our Noxus episode if you want some how that history shifts and Noxus, you know, gathers the territories around it to make the Noxus you know. But right now it's the Noxai territories. And this is also where Rise is from. And this is where they witness firsthand the destructive power of a rune. And when we when we say you know like the witness of the the destructive power um one of the reasons that i wanted to you know point out that rise was present with ruination 1.0 uh is to put into the span of how many cataclysmic events rise has witnessed this is rise's first cataclysmic event um and if you've listened to our you know our shadow isle episodes specifically with like viego thresh and callista and hecarim um you know how bad the ruination was uh this was rise's first experience of that level of cataclysmic event so yeah there you go that's how bad this uh, this is about to get <laughs> yeah and it's so bad i'm just gonna read it to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that bad <laughs> so this starts with the earth fell away beneath them the bedrock itself seeming to reach and squeal while the sky above them recoiled as if mortally wounded they looked back upon the valley where the rival armies had stood and beheld insanity Destruction on a scale so massive that it defied all physical sense. The buildings, the people, all were gone. And the ocean, once a day's journey to the east, now rushed to meet them. Now, if you've listened to any of our Sharima stories, this isn't too shocking. <laughs> this is this is the experience. I mean, you go back to our title, right? We named this one. Why didn't we name those ones Oppenheimer? Because this was the first big one. This was the first time we saw a level of mass destruction on the level of a nuke be displayed by pure uh, by mere mortals. Yeah, and one of the reasons too that like this we could also argue would be the Oppenheimer event too is that this was something that was kind of done intentionally. Yeah. Um, like the closest we could argue that was done intentionally from the other cataclysmic events would be like our Jack's episodes and the fall of Acathia. Yeah. Um, but I like even then, like they they had no idea that they were holding a nuke. Um, Tyrus and Rise, they knew they were holding a nuke. Like they knew that. Oh my God, the this is bad. Like this yeah. is really destructive, and they worked really hard for these nations not to use their nukes. Um, yeah. So it, th this has definitely more of that feel to it of just you know man playing with things that was a little too big. Yeah, uh, not necessarily out of their understanding. They understood how bad it could be. <laughs> yeah, if, if you have a friend that saw Oppenheimer and didn't understand it, just tell them to read the bio for Rise, especially if they're a nerd, <laughs> and they'll understand uh, yeah. how nuclear proliferation works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in response to this, we have Rise falling to his knees since this was his home village. It was no more. It just ceased to exist. He no longer has a homeland. 
uh, literally. And this is also the beginning of the Rune Wars. And the warfare began to spread across Runeterra because remember, this is an old age. When something like this happens, people start talking and the word spreads. And then if you don't have nukes, get nukes. You know that whole quote. Um, and this <laughs> yep. led Rise to want to say, okay, this is a huge shift in history. We need to pick a side. But Tyrus was still trying to follow, follow the pacifist route. He thought this could still be salvaged um, despite this not working. Uh, and Tyrus pleading to continue this restraint starts to wear on him as well, mentally. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, of course it's going to wear on you. Like, you, you're you over there, like, you know, screaming at the top of your lungs, stop fighting while, you know, the the Alabama riverfront brawl is happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and the every time. Montgomery, the battle and, for Montgomery. Yeah, and it's like, I, I, you know, I'm like, oh, stop fighting. And then you see Unk come out with the chair and start swinging. And so it's like, the more you try, the more violence happens. That, that that would take its toll but um you know that aside like the, uh, now that we know a time frame because this is the beginning of the rune wars mm -hmm. the rune wars which we talk about mostly and you know fun this is kind of fun we mostly talk about it in our arcane episodes yeah. uh because we haven't really covered other champions that were there at the rune wars but we did cover it a little bit during Arcane because uh, in the show, Heimer Heimerdinger actually talks about like the last time that people messed around with these kinds of powers. Um, so now we know that the, you know the these world stones, the rune stones, they're more akin to like hex tech in present day yeah or like that's the closest to understanding them that we have as readers and like heimerdinger was terrified of it because it's like i watched as the world was destroyed because of that power and we should not mess with it so we know exactly how bad these wars are so imagine that level of devastation and then trying to be like everybody let's just all calm down like, yeah, that's going to wear on you real quick. Yeah, Hextech, Hetch, perfect transition. Hextech is the hydrogen bomb. <laughs> <laughs> There's your correlation. So this takes us to now, okay, we were being pacifists. We were trying to stop the proliferation. They failed. Tyrus wanted to continue that. That was also failing. And now we're having a shift in his personality to the point where he's becoming distant, He's behaving differently, and he's starting to send Rise on these continuous useless errands around Runeterra. And one day, Rise confronts him, see what's going on, and he finds out that Tyrus not only has one rune in his possession secretly, he has fucking two. And at that point, once Tyrus knows that Rise knows, he kind of cuts his whole facade and goes full doomer on Rise and says, I'm giving up on the world. And he starts to insist that the common mortals were just reckless children and they should not exist. He was ready to watch the world burn and rise in a flip of, you know, uh, obviously the, the distrust that happened, but he kind of swaps place with Tyrus where he's like, oh shit, I have to stop him. And it does like... The whole flip for their roles is very dramatic here because Rise's initial flip is going to what Tyrus was trying to impart upon Rise yeah. 
at the beginning of all of this, which is restraint and belief that they can stop it. Like Rise doesn't, you know, look him, look at Tyrus and is like, oh crap, we've created a supervillain. Now we got to kill him. Rise is like, oh crap, I've got to talk him back off the ledge. Right. Yeah. Like, because, you know, witnessing all of this cataclysmic level of destruction and death, the, this is Rise's closest friend. He doesn't want to, like, you know, just view him as a supervillain. He wants yeah. to believe that the guy that he has trusted in all of this time is still in there. Mm -hmm. So he, the roles are completely reversed now, where Tyrus is like, no, we're going to go and use some nukes. And Rise is the one being like, no, no, we can still fix this. We, yeah. the, we can still fix this. <laughs> um, does, so Ryan, does, does Rise fix this? No. No, actually, ah, <laughs> <laughs> Tyrus makes it very obvious that he has no, he's not going back. There is no third time's a charm for Tyrus, and Rise has to stand up to him. So in a flash, Rise, remember, he's a prodigal son of mages, essentially unleashes all of his magical prowess, and moments later, Tyrus lays there dead. And this leaves Rise trembling because... Not only, I mean, it's the hopelessness of the situation. It's not only he had to kill his master, who's also one of the strongest masters of magic. So he lost a person who could help him in his ultimate goal. Uh, but if his master, who was the most pure hearted one who continued this mission, couldn't withstand the corruption of runes, how could he, right? And the rune wars during this time frame of indecisiveness raged on. And the ultimate end, we know, it was destructive. It wiped out a large portion of Runeterra's population. It completely shifted the way um, the geology was of this, this planet. Um, and what was left was essentially a doomed Runeterra. And this is a result that you can once again reference the Void, right? What the Void does to uh, the mortal realm, if you want to call it that. And this is what he's left with to decide if he wants to continue. It's it's literally like, hey, this is the ultimate test, right? Tyrus couldn't withstand this test. Can you? Yeah. And th this is like a, it is a very interesting change for Rise as a character at this point, because he is just, you know, he's the apprentice to the head of an order that is trying to maintain world peace. Uh, so it like, it's more akin to like the Dr. Strange kind of feel where, you know, they are just trying to maintain the balance of the world and yeah. make sure everything's okay. Yeah, it's like we don't care about what the kingdoms of man want, yeah. right? Like we're just going to make sure that Runeterra as a whole survives. And now it's shifted to the kind of uh, a point where now he is just holding this ultimate power, and the old phrase of ult ultimate power corrupts ultimately. Mm -hmm. And he's now alone and trying to figure out if he can withstand that. Um, and it's, so it's kind of an interesting turn because it's more of this mystic force of protection. And now he is on an island against one of the strongest and most evil things ever, almost like Frodo's tale in Lord yeah. of the Rings. Except there is no mountain for him to just climb up to and drop the world stones in <laughs> yeah. and it just be done, right? Like he's he's he doesn't even have all of them yet. Like he's his journey's only begun and at the beginning of his journey, 
it's already over. Like the Gondor's gone, Rohan's gone, yeah. <laughs> the Shire's burned. It's all ruined. Next and time, now he has on to start. Dragon Ball Z. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how many references at. can we? How many references can we slam in this episode? <laughs> how many can we cram into this? We told y'all we're good at this. <laughs> <laughs> so we wrap up the story here with Rise, the Rise you now know, the Rise you see in the game. This Rise is now traveling on what remains of Runeterra, collecting the remaining runes. Hint, hint, wink, wink. That's why they're shards. Um, <laughs> he's rejecting their temptation to the best of his ability, but he's also using a strategy in which he's binding the runes he gets in secret locations separately where they can't be easily found. So this both helps him and prevents anyone from stumbling up upon all the Dragon Balls at once, essentially. Uh, one drawback of this or benefit depending on how you see it rise sees this as a drawback definitely is exposing himself to this type of magic for so long is abnormally prolonging his life and that's why he also appears the color we see him which is a very similar color to who jacks exactly everything comes back around so he has no time to really rest during this time frame because now the rumors of these things known as the world runes are beginning to stir again in a new age and we have a quote here that we want to finish this with which is the peoples of runeterra seem to have forgotten the price of wielding them and this reference back to what i mentioned earlier with varus if you remember a quote from those episodes where varus said any race that can forget staring into the abyss of its own ex- extinction does not deserve to live. Yeah. And fortunately, <laughs> Rise does not. Yeah. Fortunately, Rise does not have the same mentality of Varys, yeah. where he's, you know, out to just get revenge on everybody. But, uh, you know, th- the end of this, of his bio is should be like absolutely terrifying for anyone that is existing in runeterra because you know his solution right now is hiding all of these shards in places that are hard to find you just brought up varus varus was hidden in a bow in a temple that's very hard to find yeah (laughs) and uh that Uh did that worked out well um aatrox was hidden under the sands that worked out well um then we have like cassiopeia who is hidden (laughs) or you know stumbled upon a (laughs) hidden place that ended up bringing back the shariman empire uh so yeah you know like people don't find these things that are hidden right (laughs) like so unfortunately like the tale of rise kind of wraps up at a point where it's like oh no this is this isn't going to spell anything good. Yeah, it, it's 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 great, right? And we'll talk a bit at the end about how just Riot uses the concept of eternal threats very well to keep the lore engine running. Uh, but first, let's talk about the card. Uh, that it's that this is that type of episode, man. So, and th- yeah. this card is super interesting. Yeah, too. when it came out, it caused a lot of problems. Um, but has kind of <laughs> prefaced that he has no followers, and possibly lore wise, that's because, like in the story, he wouldn't want to become Tyrus, right? If he has no one else to depend on, if he only has to depend on himself, maybe that's the the key yeah. to this and- uh, self sacrificing mission. 
Yeah, and um, a character that we probably won't cover anytime soon, um, because there is a point where Rise does try to take on an apprentice, uh, and it just doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. It like legitimately not at all. So if you want some homework, you could read Brand's story. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's a loner. He's a loner. But the card is a four mana. Um, and of course the picture I have is blocking it's three, stats five. three, five. Yeah. He's a four mana, three, five, and he is a, a rune Terra origin character. So he, his origin is the rune mage. So he does not have a specific region that he is locked to. And his effect is when I'm summoned or at round start, create two delve into the pasts in your deck, uh, which is the spell that we covered on this episode. So you know what that spell does. And his level up is I have seen three plus unique world runes. So the world runes are similar to the landmark that I covered today, which is that all five of them are a landmark and they each have a different effect. Uh, There's one that stuns. There's one that heals. There's one that draws cards. There's one that deals the damage, and I forget what the fifth one is, and you know we'll cover all that crap later. <laughs> um, and so his, but his level up is that he has seen three unique ones, which means you have three in play, and when he levels up, he becomes a four six with spell shield. And he still has the same effect of adding delve into the pasts into your deck. And then now on attack, activate all your world runes. If you have five unique world runes, destroy the enemy (laughs) nexus. Flavor, baby, flavor. Flavor. And let me tell you something. I am a sucker for alternate wind cons. So... So you know I have built some really stupid rise decks that did not work and already were just problematic when the, game, the card was introduced to the game. So we want to go ahead and hop into the quotes here because they're pretty important and they're a different time frame from when we or a different area of time uh, from our story here. Uh, the first side says, Rise crested the ridge accompanied by Kale's silent servant. He looked down on the land scarred by war and caught sight of the darkened monstrosities warring below. Wink, wink. For centuries, he had watched on as humanity veered from one catastrophe to another. What if, he thought, his efforts were futile and Runeterra was doomed to die? Now, that's a very dangerous line because that immediately reminds us of who? Tyrus. That's where mm-hmm. Tyrus was before Rise had to stop him. Yeah, and I like if you we saw that if you stay in that th- thought process too long, you're not going to let the world take care of itself. You're just going to be the operator of its doom. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it's very dangerous line, but that does take us to the other to his other side and the flavor on that one is rise pulled himself back to the present the mindscapes he'd visited had answered his questions and filled him with purpose the flaws of runeterra's people great as they were should not condemn them to oblivion and this 
and that is what one that's what sets rise apart from his master as well as some of the other people that he's worked with along the many many centuries is that he understands that he is not the judge the jury and executioner yeah also if you have ever found yourself thinking these same things while watching these other fantasy shows and stuff or just looking at our own world um, which since Ryan and I, we both resided in the United States, it's really easy to get stuck in that thought process. Yeah. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that rise is right. It, all these flaws does not mean that we have the right to be the judge, the jury and executioner. And so uh, sometimes you, doing the right thing is really damn hard, but yeah. you gotta do it. Yeah. It, it brings up the concept. So that's, pretty much the end of the chunk of the episode now we're in the bonus area right where we have a little more for anyone who wants to stick around we appreciate you listening for this long um this is one of our comeback episodes so we're we're having a good time we're gonna dwell in it yeah so as hetch mentions one one consistent concept in the rise story as he lives on and on and on is at some point immortals don't weigh themselves down with mortal morality Right. It becomes a thing that's no longer a concept that matters because ultimately what needs to be done needs to be done. And this is where Rise is at this point in his life is, okay. if Rise has understood he's gotten to the point where he had that same test Tyrus had or Varys where they're looking at this world as do I save it? Do I do what needs to be done in this endless battle or do I give up on the on the world of Runeterra or the mortal world of Runeterra? And this is where the concept I mentioned earlier of eternal threats comes in, right? In fantasy, you see this because you need something to drive conflict. You're going to have your base level conflict. Piltover is going to have its problems. Nox is going to have its problems. Damascus is going to have its problems. When you start to get to galactic threats that are outside the bounds of the mortals that may play some role in it, how good are your eternal threats? So for Runeterra, we have the void. We have runes. These are things that will always exist. And how are they used? The permafrost. The permafrost. Yeah, the permafrost <laughs> with the hidden uh, uh, eternals or the watchers. <laughs> with the watchers. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a lot yeah. of them in Runeterra, and this is what gives it its strength because the lore is so great. But ultimately, we already know what the ultimate stakes are. So one fun question is like, okay, well, what's Rise's ultimate story ending here? Right. What do you think, Hedge? Oh, I'll, that's let you go. I'll let you go first. This is, the, this is the casuals of Runeterra doing free work for Riot. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a good question. I I feel like I feel like the end all point as far as for Rise is going to be like getting all of the stones locked away. Um, so like every shard, he has tracked down everything. They're all locked in some kind of well hidden prison, and then he just kind of retires, right? Like, and at that point, you know, like he's locked up all the magic that has kept him alive. So like that his by retire, like he's just going to kind of wither away and his watch will have ended. Right. But the fact that that is his solution also means that it's not actually over. And then it just opens the door for somebody else to fill in his shoes then take on the role of protecting those shards or they get found and we go back to another rune war right like is it that that's like the beauty of the Bruntera or like the lands of valorant altogether is that 
the fact that these galactic threats are ever present. It's not like it's not like a story like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where it's very it's very spread out and few and far between when these galactic level threats happen. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, hell, Bilgewater sees the threats of the Shadow Isles almost on a daily basis. Yeah. And that's not even counting whatever lives in the fucking ocean that's constantly dragging them down, too. Like, so as far as, like, the people of Runeterra would be concerned, like, okay, yeah, sure, those shards... Like that is all very terrifying. Our other galactic threats are on our front door. We yeah. don't have time to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two I've thought about. That's actually a great answer. Obviously, I, I, I had no doubts. Um, there's some things I want to borrow there. As far as the retire, I think the point of getting all the shards, locking them away, and retiring in some form or fashion. I agree with that as well. There's two routes I would like. Um, the first one is a guy we've mentioned again, which we always want to see have more action, is Zillion. So I see a path in which Rise, through this quest, ultimately becomes a ruin himself, right? He becomes one. Um, And he becomes the ultimate key to the power of all of them. And then because he's the ultimate key, that makes him more dangerous, right, Uh, himself, because you need him to get to the power, the true power. Call him the dragon, right? He would be the dragon once you gather the dragon balls that ultimately trigger something. Uh, one cool thing I think could happen is that upon reaching that point, him and Zillion somehow find a way to swap places where if you're the ultimate key, if we hide you outside of time and you're stuck there with no way to get back, then that's the best place we can put you. Right. So these no matter who gets the runes that exist, they never can reach the ultimate power because they can't summon you back. You're not in time. I think that would, and that brings Zillion back. Right. How you do that, I don't know. But I think that would be one option. I would love that because I do love a good can't killing in the Zillion meme. Yeah. So and that really feels like it of just Rise being like, I'm the ultimate power. And then boop. And Zillion's just there, like, high off of his ass. Yeah, Zillion (laughs) finally makes his move, right? (laughs) Just like, don't worry, I took care of him. Yeah. And then the second (laughs) route would be a Targon route, which, um, same thing, Rise becomes the ultimate key. He becomes the Dragon Ball Dragon. And then we have Targon and the Lunari get involved in some way to have him become a celestial of some sort, which would also put him in a space outside of time and harder to access. Uh, whereas whether they can then use his power or we can have a subsequent tragedy in the sorts where some form of Lunari start to use him as a god to translate that power to people, it would be less power, which is good, more spread out, more dispersed. So they would be channeling his power as a celestial, as Pantheon does, right? Mm -hmm. That type of approach. So therefore, in both scenarios, you're never getting rid of the threat because it is a quote-unquote eternal threat. But you're yeah. making it manageable for the world as we move forward. So those are my two I, kind of fun ones. Yeah. I, I like the Targon angle, but I don't like it being that he just becomes a Celestial. Because mm-hmm. I feel like if we went with the Targon-esque angle, is yeah. that, you know, he would become Shenlong. And then instead of them, like, being like, okay, let's just try to figure out how to make you a Celestial. Yeah. It would be more of just, like, Kale would come back. Yeah. And be like, yo... What the fuck? Like you helped me with the darken, and now I gotta deal with you. Yeah, and 
And then, so then you just have like the wrath of all of the celestials just yeah. coming down on Rise, which could end up being like you know a cataclysmic event in itself, yeah. right? Like that—that yeah. that would be like Targon's ruination. Because I mean, Targon has been like a power hub as far as just like you know galactic threat yeah. deities that have interacted with Targon. Cough, cough, Aurelian soul. Um, <laughs> But at no point has, like, Targon ever been leveled, right? So I'm happy you pulled the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Hedge, can you truly have a fantasy story if you don't level a mountain? No. And, exactly. And and Riot knows this because they leveled a mountain in Ferelyord with Orn yeah. and Volibear. Yeah. Okay? So <laughs> it only makes sense that at some point they got to look at the biggest mountain in yeah. Runeterra, right? <laughs> We should do some hedging. <laughs> you know what? I think this. I think this room would really open up if we just l- clear this wall out. Just l- take this wall out. Mount, Mount Targon disappears. <laughs> but yeah, so that's just us having some fun. Um, and we want to do. You know, he does have a bunch of cards that came out with him. We talked about the shards, and the shards have a lot of lore in them. Uh, but we might do another episode in the vein of like the blood cursed harpy that we've done before where we go through those for a little bit in a quick episode we'll see um but yeah any any final words about this hatch before we wrap it up no no i this is i love getting to like the nitty-gritty of rise because he was there basically at the beginning um and we've alluded to the beginning a lot so it's fun to actually dive into it but i for one would love to talk more about like the shards and do another harpy-esque episode Mm -hmm. but I, I mean, it really depends on if you, the listener, wants that. So you go back to our, you know, our housekeeping and just remember podcastcore at gmail.com. Let us know if this is if that's the kind of content that you enjoy, because we enjoy making it. Yeah. So if if you enjoy it, it's just a that'd be a bonus and we'd love to give you more of it. Yeah. And right. You know where we're at. All right. So thanks yeah. for listening. <laughs> we'll be back soon <laughs> with the next episode. Yeah. Take care, everybody.